Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1146, air date December 5th, 2022. Welcome, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Idra. It's 9.30. It's a late broadcast. We wanted to make sure we got enough people on the east and west coast but today we have an important broadcast and the title of this broadcast is i'm challenging elon musk to put up or shut up and many of you know the reason i'm doing this is because i was involved in fact it was our movement it was my lawsuit in the federal court in october of uh, uh 2020 which discovered the censorship infrastructure that government can censor U.S. citizens by laundering censorship to Twitter, okay? So let me state that again. It was our federal lawsuit in 2020 that discovered that government can silence speech silently and that social media companies are essentially slaves to the government. And we're gonna unpack this because the media companies, Elon Musk, and all the grifters who want to suck up to Elon Musk are not even discussing the minutia of it. In fact, most of the mainstream media companies on the right who suddenly think they have an issue against the left because the left had January 6th against the right are just essentially creating a theatrical distraction. So we want to put Elon Musk on notice, particularly given his last Twitter spaces you know, interaction where he said he wants to be all transparent. Clayton Morris at Redacted asked him directly, he said, Elon, he said, Dr. Shiva's lawsuit exposed this portal that government can do censorship. Is that portal still alive? Elon Musk never answered that question. What he said instead was, well, if something like that existed, it would be Big Brother. And I'm going to have to dig into this. And he made a very important statement. We're going to go through this and review this. He said, you know, we're never going to do anything against the law, but we'll never do anything above the law. Well, the bottom line is this censorship infrastructure is way above the law. Um, And he knew about it. He had to know about it. Anyone buying a $40 billion company would have seen it in due diligence. We have a number of people joining us today uh, in our panel. We have Carlos Silva, who's an esteemed, uh, one of the uh, great lawyers in the United States. He's Carlos has been involved in many, many types of litigation, many types of, uh, you know, due diligence. And Carlos is going to share his opinion. Would someone like Elon Musk not have known whether this censorship infrastructure existed? We also have Crystal Ellis, who's an entrepreneur from the Midwest, who has been sharing with everyone about our lawsuit and mobilizing people across the country to let them know that, you know, the history and the rightful credit goes to our lawsuit, which is the one which discovered this in spite of all the mainstream media not covering it. In fact, Crystal was communicating with directly on Elon Musk's timeline, sharing all this, and suddenly she gets shut down by the people managing Elon Musk's timeline itself. So she's going to talk about that. But to all of you joining, I'm going to, first of all, before I uh, bring in our esteemed guests and give their perspective, I'm going to give you the background so everyone here gets the facts. Because we don't want to make this about me versus, you know, Elon Musk. I'm challenging him. It's not me versus him. 
that he needs to put up or shut up because you're going to learn in the next few minutes that there you have to follow the money. There's a lot of money involved here in being a bitch to the government. That's where you're going to learn. Okay. And we know this because we were involved in the most historic lawsuit of the century, which exposed that the government has set up this infrastructure to short circuit the First Amendment. And so let's begin. Let me first of all introduce a couple of people um, and then we'll go. Carlos, do you want to just introduce yourself, where you're from, your background? Go ahead, Carlos. Hi, guys. It's a pleasure to be here on today with you guys. My name is uh, I'm an attorney here in Miami, Florida. I am barred in several states throughout the United States of America, including New York, uh, Chicago, Illinois, um, uh, Tennessee, Texas. Um, I've been practicing now for 30 years. Uh, we've taken cases to the Supreme Court of the United States of America on election fraud. Uh, so we've been involved in, in many types of litigation. What I, what I normally do is wrongful death cases now and personal injury. Uh, but any constitutional questions that you have, uh, we're here to answer and try to see if we can shed some light on what really is happening here. Great. Thanks, Carlos. And then we also have Crystal Ellis, who's an entrepreneur. And Crystal's uh, been an activist. Crystal, you just want to introduce yourself where you're from? Sure. Uh, my name's Crystal. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I'm a jewelry designer um, and uh, most recently a caregiver for my father. And I volunteer full time for the Truth Freedom Health Movement and have followed uh, Dr. Shiva's um, case um, and was there pretty much for every hearing, every every step of the way. So thanks for having me, Dr. Shiva. Great. Thanks to have both of you. So let me just, um, as we have Carlos in here, I'm going to just give um, Carlos and Crystal a background so we can catch everyone up, okay? From September 24th of 2020, when I was, as many of you know, in September 24th, 2020, um, I was running for United States Senate as a Republican in Massachusetts, a massive campaign. We had 3,000 volunteers. By all accounts, we were going to win that on a landslide. And the GOP in Massachusetts wasn't the Democrats were my biggest enemy, but the Massachusetts GOP, they, they ran a fool against me who had not even one lawn sign up, no infrastructure. And on September 1st, 2020, by by all accord, everyone in Massachusetts said Dr. Shiva was going to win by a landslide. And throughout Massachusetts, interestingly enough, we, um, we um, win in the only county, and you got to understand, we had... 3,000 volunteers on the ground. You couldn't get out of Massachusetts without seeing one of our signs. The Massachusetts GOP ran a fool against us to make sure we wouldn't actually win, in our view, against the Democrats. They wanted the Democrats to win because they're in collusion. So when we found out on September 2020, we find out that as the votes come in, we're winning in the only county in Massachusetts where the, paper, where the, where the uh, votes are hand counted, paper ballots. In every other county, we lose 60-40, 60-40, 60-40. And I never thought, quote unquote, fraud took place in, in the United States. And that's when I had to put on my hat as an engineer and a scientist. And we found out that when ballots go through these machines, a ballot image is created. And by law, those images are supposed to be preserved for uh, 22 months. And what we discover is that the when we go to the Secretary of State's office to ask her for these ballot images, she's gloating, saying, oh, we deleted those ballot images. We don't have to preserve them. And in a series of email exchanges, he confirms her position. 
And in those four, so I take those four emails where she's admitting, and I'm asking her, by what law are you deleting ballot images? She has no law. So when I put that up on Twitter, I get deplatformed, suspended. My tweets are forcibly deleted. And you got to understand, even though we had quote unquote lost the primary, we moved our campaign into the general election because we had so many supporters into a general election write-in campaign. So we were still bona fide U.S. Senate federal candidates. So here I'm deplatformed off Twitter. And you got to understand, I've never been deplatformed, never been suspended. Sorry, to be accurate, suspended on September 25th, which is everyone knows, unlike Facebook, Twitter is the platform for political candidates. 300,000 plus followers. Um, and, you know, our tweets would get 20, 30,000 retweets. It wasn't like we were just some, you know, fringe, uh, you know, Twitter. We were a very active Twitter personality. So no lawyer wanted to support us. And we found out through a news story that someone who was making fun of me, one of these fact-checking organizations said, oh, ballots weren't deleted, Dr. Shiva's lying. And we spoke to the Secretary of State and they said they had contacted Twitter to get me off. And that's when we knew we had a First Amendment case, Carlos and Crystal, right? So that resulted in us, me, having to file a federal lawsuit and asking for a preliminary injunction from the courts to say, hey, look, I need to be put back on Twitter right away because this is my campaign. I still have 30 days left. So that resulted in the judge. And Carlos, I think you can tell people typically judges don't like to hear PI cases, right? They typically, you know, don't want those cases, right? It's rare that a judge will take that case on, uh, an injunction case. Yes, it is. It is rare because uh, the standard is high. It's very high standard. So even though I was representing myself in federal court against three Harvard lawyers, a judge took it on and I got the chance to present in front of the judge. And what ended up occurring on the morning of October 30th, 2020, which is a historic day, is we uncover that the government has special VIP portal communications to a social media company like Twitter. This had never been discussed before no one knew about it. Our lawsuit figured this out. In fact, after we discovered this, we told Tucker Carlson about this. He did nothing. He concealed it just like, you know, he didn't want to talk about Hunter Biden stuff, really. OK, in fact, the New York New York Post was suspended using that same infrastructure for talking about the Hunter Biden story, if you remember. Right. So what is that infrastructure? And I want to walk through everyone to recognize that the most historic lawsuit in the century took place in Massachusetts and not one mainstream guy covered it, not one of these internet grifters covered it. And you have to take note of this. We had to do this on our own and here we're in the trenches fighting and Crystal was here through that lawsuit. You know, I had to write all the briefs and we didn't get any air cover from anyone. So let me walk you through so you get it, some a detailed understanding of this. So let me walk you through this lawsuit. So by the way, here we have Mr. Musk in his devil outfit, okay? Um, so by the way, those of you who are interested, you know, we actually have a solution for this. Our movement is not about just wailing and talking about problems to make everyone feel helpless. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com and you'll figure out the solution. But on winbackfreedom.com, for two years, we've had all of the transcripts up, the entire lawsuit. And you can see here when we did this interesting diagram, you notice Twitter is at the boot 
of this. And one could argue Elon Musk is taped to this boot now, okay? He's not at the head of this. Government up here tells Twitter what to do. So this is a very important graphic. And when I did this graphic, I put where we were at, at the history of all these movements all, that had taken place from the American Revolution to all the movements that had taken place over history to fight for the First Amendment. And here, Twitter is essentially a bitch to the government. Sorry to say, but that's what they are. They're not running this. And you'll see why. So here is, I'm going to read you transcripts from the court case, important things where you're going to all see that it was our court case which revealed in federal court that it is the government of the United States which has set up the backroom portal to silence speech silently. And Twitter and all these social media companies serve the interests of the government to maintain their Section 230 immunity where Silicon Valley can get huge valuations because a platform is different than a publisher. And this is very important. You're going to learn a little bit of economics here, too. But let me begin with this. So this is the court case where we're representing ourselves anyway. In the middle of this hearing, the lawyers and the judge cross-examined the secretary of state. And they ask, ask the social media director who had me deplatform, and what action did you take to report the tweet? Which was a tweet where I'm sharing that the, that the secretary of state's office uh, was upset that I'd shared the email interaction showing that they had deleted these ballot images. So the woman, at the, which is the answer here, says, I logged into the election division Twitter account, which means they use the official Twitter account, and accessed the web form and reported the tweet to Twitter. And the lawyer says, and when you say you reported the tweet to Twitter, for those of us who haven't seen the web form and don't know what it looks like, could you describe for us what sort of information you had to enter in order to effectuate that report? She says I had to report my name, email address, and a brief description of the reason that I was reporting it and a link to the tweet itself. Okay. Then the judge says, you said you use a Department of Elections Twitter account. Is that right? And she says, yes. Then the court, the judge says, I may not be using the right term here. How does somebody know? Would somebody know that the communication came from the Secretary of State's division elections by reading the tweet, by reading the, yes, something that came from the account? And the witness says, yes. And, he, and the judge asked her, how would you know that? The witness, social media director says, well, it identifies it is from the Massachusetts election division. Again, Twitter knew the reason he was bringing this up is the judge wanted to make it clear it was a government contacting Twitter, not just a private citizen. And she goes, and we also have been onboarded. And we, the government, has been onboarded by Twitter to be considered a Twitter partner for reporting this type of information. Let me repeat again. The government has been onboarded by Twitter. Onboarding means it's a special circumstance. It's not like you and I can report a tweet. They get onboarded as a Twitter partner. And the court says, what's a Twitter partner? The witness says, it's uh, Twitter has our contact information, government, and is aware of our accounts, government, as an election office. And so that if we report anything through the portal, then they will take a look at it quickly. VIP treatment. That's what that means. Okay. Then the attorney general cross-examines and he says, and you mentioned a few moments ago in response to a question from the judge that the election division is a Twitter partner. Is that corrected? Yes, yes. The social media director answers. And then when you say that, what does that mean? And she says, my understanding is that we're able to select certain reasons for reporting a tweet that may not be available to everyone 
that they will. That means it's not available to citizens because so government gets special treatment from a private company that people who review the tweets of Twitter when complaints are made will try to act quickly on the ones we report. Okay. Government has a special portal to Twitter that you and I do not have courtroom testimony. Then the judge says, all right. And he goes, and it was disturbing to you when he attributed statements to you that you hadn't made. So yes. And why is that? I take my job as an election administrator and attorney very seriously. And for someone to suggest that we knowingly violated a federal law relating to elections, not something I take lightly. Now, to be clear, what I had said was that you cannot be deleting ballot images. That's a violation of federal law. The court said, and, and is that why you reported this particular tweet and not other related tweets? The witness said, we had only reported this tweet at the time. It was the only one we were aware of. The court says, and when you communicated, so it also turns out, Carlos and Crystal and everyone listening, not only did the Secretary of State communicate the fact that I was exposing them with ballot images to Twitter through this portal, but they also called the National Association of State Election Directors, who's also a Twitter partner, which is an NGO. So the court said, when you communicated with Ms. Cohen, the executive director of the National Association, was it your hope that the National Association would also report the matter? The witness, the uh, counsel at the election office says, uh, yes, she is a National Association of State Election Directors, is also a Twitter partner, which means they also have the portal access. And they often coordinate communication between social media companies and state election directors generally. Then the court said, and was it your hope that a report from the National Association, as well as from your office, would increase the likelihood that Twitter would either delete the tweet or label it inaccurate? And the witness, Secretary of State's office, says, I think the goal was generated to ensure the misinformation wasn't being spread. So whatever actions that we could do to make sure that the tweet was labeled as inaccurate or taken down, we were willing to pursue. The court said, but did you think you had filed a report? Did you want to do everything possible to try to ensure that Twitter would take it seriously and either remove the tweet or label it? Yes. And were you pleased when they deleted the tweet? The witness, I believe I saw that it had been removed. I was, yes, I was relieved. I was relieved. So let's just look, unpack what happened here is that the I was sharing with the public on my Twitter account that the government had deleted ballot images and they were they didn't give me the federal law requirement. They're saying they have every right to do that. According to law, ballot images also have to be preserved for 22 months. They didn't like me exposing them. They used their portal, which they have, which they're admitting. No one else has. It's special access privileges. They reported it, and they were relieved that I was taken out. Any questions, Carlos? From a legal perspective, there's this portal that they have that they used. All right. So let me go back. And then the judge says, um, then you can't, if you're, so the judge asked me, I was also suspended at that time in the middle of my campaign. Then he says, then you can't, if you're suspended, is it your position or you're not permitted to send any tweet? I said, yes, any tweets at all. So you couldn't tweet, quote, I'm really disappointed the Patriots lost last weekend. I said, anything. And I said, there are only 39 days left in the election. And I use Twitter as my main medium. I have a quarter of a million followers. My prospective voters are on it. People from Massachusetts watch my tweets. So this has been very, very hampering. And I've been tweeting for 10 years. I've built my audience very carefully. All right. But today you're suspended. So, and I said, yes. Okay, so you are. Now the judge ends by saying, is there a reason to the Secretary of State that you didn't, um, uh, so the election divisions of Twitter, he goes, correct. And 
Did you? So he asks them, why didn't you just tweet back at Dr. Shiva? Why didn't you just counter a tweet with a tweet? Why did you take this harsh action? He goes, and did you tweet out that Dr. Shiva's wrong? Why didn't you just say I'm lying if you didn't agree with me? The Secretary of State is in compliance with federal law. We maintain all the paper ballots. By the way, I didn't say paper ballots. I was talking about the images. We did not tweet that. No. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> hadn't occurred to us. It hadn't occurred to them that they should respond to a federal U.S. Senate candidate with a tweet that they should use their special portal to deplatform me. We did respond to multiple emails and telephone inquiries about it. And then this is what the judge says. He goes, but there are certain governments when you're in the area involving, there's a case law, in effect, speech can become government action. And this really goes to it. And he goes, and we're in a world, I'm sitting under the portrait of Louis Brandeis, one of the big constitutional attorneys and judges. He goes, the seminal views of Holmes and Brandeis were the bedrock principle of the First Amendment, at least used to be. The answer to bad speech is better speech. And it's striking to me, and I'll have to think, although I don't have much time to think about that Ms. Tasnari said it never occurred to me to just tweet out that Dr. Shiva is saying false. Anyway, he ends by saying that he finds our, credi our testimony credible and more than likely, Carlos, that we would win the full lawsuit. And based on this, he issues the TRO. He says he demands that the defendant secretary of state stop contacting Twitter, that the National Association stop contacting Twitter. It's a big victory. And he says that the defendant believes that any tweet or communication by plaintiff is false or misleading. He may do so in a tweet that they should stop contacting Twitter. Everyone get it, Carlos? So yeah. it was a big victory. And you know, judges do not like to give those preliminary injunction orders. And the only reason they give it is knowing if you're going to win the big lawsuit itself. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. By the way, all of this I shared with Tucker Carlson, who I've communicated with before, nothing, nada from Tucker. When he could have used his big megaphone at Fox, this is way before the elections, supported us, I could have stopped all of this. Meanwhile, he was on Fox saying, oh, you know, I think we should be go light on Hunter. If you remember, that's what he was saying. And you got to understand, Tucker Carlson is friends with Hunter Biden. Okay? So all you Republicans out there don't think this is a Republican versus Democrat. It is a Republicans who were involved in working against me in Massachusetts. And you have to understand, as I'm going to reveal shortly, this entire portal, the CISA infrastructure was created by Donald J. Trump. So again, the reason we're doing this broadcast today is we don't want people to get bamboozled. Oh my God, Elon Musk is fighting for Democrats against Biden. Biden bad, Trump good, Elon good, Biden bad. Bullshit. You're going to see that. So let me continue here. So that's the background of the lawsuit. The first lawsuit. So by the way, people know I was put back on Twitter, unfortunately, after the election, Carlos and Crystal, if you remember, after November 4th, after the election's over. Yeah. Can you clarify something for me? Sure. When you say CISA, you're talking about uh, Trump created it? Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency was signed into law by Donald J. Trump, which is the one in 2018. 2018. Okay. No, because and I was just looking back at uh, the two th uh, Section 230 has been around since 1996. That's different. That's different. Okay. We'll talk about that. We're talking about, you're going to find out shortly, the domestic censorship infrastructure, which we discovered in our lawsuit, was under the dictates of CISA, which was signed into law by Donald J. Trump and the Republicans. So again, the reason we're doing this thing today is because we don't want you guys to start thinking Elon Musk is your savior. He's not. You're going to find out he's actually a false god. 
but but this was but the CISA wasn't supposed to be used against American citizens. It was exactly, but but they created. You're going to find out, Carlos. They created this NGO middle layer to fill in the gap. That's so. Remember, so this was my lawsuit, which we got the big TR, a big victory in October 30th. I'm back on Twitter now, to everyone's understanding. From November 4th all the way to February 1, I'm tweeting away, tweeting away, right? And on February 1st, something interesting happens. I hold a big, because a lot of our people are saying, hey, Dr. Shiva, what's going on with your lawsuit? Remember, our lawsuit's still continuing. That was a PI. And so on February 1st, I once again shared those four emails where the Secretary of State had gloated. And I said, you know, out of our lawsuit, we found out that the government has this portal. Okay. And right then on February 1st, let me bring this up. When I do that, I am deplatformed. Again. On February 1st, 2021, at 9 I was, and this is my suspended from Twitter. Up until that time, I had 19,744 tweets. Across those 19,744, spanning nine years and five months, the only time suspended was I mentioned the keyword Tassinari. Tassinari is a Secretary of State's lawyer. Who was the one who was gloating? Oh, you know, we we deleted, we don't have to, giving no reason why she deleted the ballot images. Does that make sense? So think about what I'm talking about here. I was deplatformed when I exposed the government. I mean, suspended, go into court. The judge is pissed off. He says, I can't believe this nonsense goes on. Then when I'm put back on, I'm tweeting, tweeting about all. But on February 1st, when I once again shared those emails, bang, I'm deplatformed. And then is when the judge ordered Twitter into the courtroom. Up until then, it was me versus the government, okay? And the judge says, I'm, you got to bring Twitter into this courtroom. And that was a hearing that was held on May. So this time it's me against seven lawyers, the lawyers from the National Association of State Election Directors, from the Secretary of State, and three lawyers from Wilmer and Hale representing Twitter. And Carlos, you may just want to let people know how big Wilmer and Hale is. And it was a vice chairman at Wilmer and Hale. Yeah. Wilmer and Hale is no small, you know, law firm. It is a huge uh, law firm throughout the United States. Very, very powerful and politically very, very connected. Yeah. And uh, the vice chairman of that. So on the night before May 24th, when my hearing supposed to be, I have to go against seven big lawyers, Harvard Law School people. I have no law school training. No lawyer again wanted to take this on. So when the night before the hearing, you know, this entire thing of this Twitter portal, partner support portal, I couldn't find any information on it. And lo and behold, on the evening of, on the evening of, I think the eve, it was 12 midnight, I found this document on a server in England written by the general counsel of Twitter saying they had created this partner support portal to allow the government of England, which by the way, has no regard for the First Amendment, to use that portal to surveil and censor British citizens. And I found out the same portal had been used in India and it also been used in New Zealand and in Taiwan. And it was brought here under the aegis of the Belfer Institute at Harvard. And that institute had created playbooks, playbooks on how they would surveil and censor US citizens. And what they had done was when I again put that tweet out, Carlos and Crystal, right? They when they they had already put me on a blacklist. That's what we're saying here. So I was already on a blacklist from September 25th. So when I put that out again, bang, they had me taken down. 
And if you go, if anyone goes to winbackfreedom.com, by the way, this has been up there for two years. And Tucker Carlson, all these people we told about this didn't cover this. Everything's up here. So if you go to winbackfreedom.com, you can find this entire lawsuit. And we had discovered all these playbooks, government influence operator playbooks. They are intelligence agency playbooks that give step-by-step how they will identify someone who exposes government officials and how they will deplatform them step-by-step. And you should go read these step-by-step manual. And then in June came out another document detailing the Atlantic Council, Stanford, Microsoft, all involved in this. So as I'm getting, so what we uncovered, the portal was only the, the tip of the iceberg. What we uncovered was that the government had actually created an entire censorship infrastructure that looks like this. And this is what we discovered, which, by the way, we published for everyone to see. And it was submitted into the court. We discovered that here was the Secretary of State of Massachusetts and all these people here, CISA, which Trump created. Republicans, listen up. Got it, Republicans? Trump, your Republicans created CISA. And Michelle Tassinari, the same woman that I had exposed, Carlos and Crystal, was on the general counsel, on the, on the coordinating executive committee here. All of these people here at this level, Republican and Democrat, had enlisted all of these people at Harvard, at Stanford, at the Robbie Mook, Clinton's advisor, Republican committee people, to write these architectural documents. Why? Because it's back to what you were saying, Carlos, because the bottom line is, according to the Constitution, the government of the United States cannot surveil and censor U.S. citizens domestically. We can do it to foreign adversaries. So in these documents, they lay it out. They said, in order to fill in the gap to for us to surveil and censor U.S. citizens, we're going to create a not we need to have non-governmental agencies. So they would tell an NGO what to do, and they would use this portal infrastructure. So the government could say, oh, we didn't silence Dr. Shiva. They did it. It's laundering censorship. So when you look at this diagram, what gets revealed is, so here is the government here, particularly state local local officials. They sent their stuff through this portal, and the portal had me deplatformed. So the government could say, oh, it's laundering censorship. Well, this portal infrastructure had to be agreed to by Twitter, had to be agreed to by Facebook and Google. And we expose all this. Well, who funded this? Well, many people funded it. The Murdochs, the Zuckerbergs supported different parts of this infrastructure. Well, one of the key peoples is this guy, Pierre Omidyar, who is the guy who started The Intercept. He's the guy who started eBay. Let's go back. He's a billionaire who funded eBay. He's also the billionaire who bought PayPal from Elon Musk. And it is Pierre Omidyar who funded the Center for Internet Security, which houses this backend portal to launder the censorship. Let me repeat again. Pierre Omidyar, who runs the Democracy Fund, the owner of eBay, who bought PayPal, made, made you know Elon Musk millions, is the one who funded this infrastructure. But not only that, Pierre Omidyar is the owner of The Intercept. 
The Intercept claims to be they're an investigative journalist firm. Let me repeat that again. The same scumbag here, which is a technical term, who funded the Center for Internet Security, which is a clearinghouse for laundering censorship, is the same guy who owns The Intercept. Now, why is this important? Because remember, we were fighting tooth and nail. Tucker, please cover this. Glenn Greenwald, cover this. ACLU, cover our lawsuit. Zip. Silence for two years. Now, on October 28th is when Elon Musk was buying Twitter. I put up a post on Facebook, which went viral. I said, Elon, call me. You need to understand this government censorship infrastructure on the 29th. On the 30th, The Intercept, two little millennial dweebs acting like they're investigative journalists said, oh my God, we have discovered this government censorship infrastructure, DHS leaks, okay? And then Tucker Carlson covers them. Then Glenn Greenwald amplifies their message. But guess what? Those dweebs did not at all mention, first of all, they plagiarized our lawsuit, didn't give us credit, want to win the Pulitzer, but they did not mention that their founder of The Intercept is the one who is the same guy who created, who funded right here. So once again, they concealed our findings, and that was the goal. The goal was to conceal our movement, all the hard work we did, and to confuse all of you to think, oh my God, you know, the Democrats are bad, Republicans good. Wrong thinking, okay? It was our lawsuit which exposed this, and we have to take credit for it because credit should go to the people who did the work, not the scumbags who come after. So what happens here? Well, now let's take you to April 22nd. Elon Musk says he's going to buy Twitter. Let's now talk about Elon Musk. And while I've issued this challenge, and I hope all of you listening to this, get this out to Elon and stop thinking he's your favorite. Stop calling him Elon like people call Bobby Kennedy, Bobby. He's not your fucking friend. Excuse my language. He isn't. And you're going to see why. And, and by the way, we're going to give Elon an ultimatum. He's got until the end of this week on Friday at 5 p.m. PST to remove that portal if he's so into free speech. And I'll tell you why. Let's make him eat his own words or live by his words. Well, what does Elon say? What is Elon's definition of free speech? By free speech, he says, I means, I simply mean that which matches the law. Okay, so we shouldn't violate the law. I am against censorship that goes far beyond the law. If people want less free speech, they will ask government to pass laws to that effect. Therefore, going beyond the law is contrary to the will of the people. Let me ask you, Carlos and Crystal, is this going beyond the law? Absolutely not. Th this is going way beyond the law. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This yeah. is going beyond the law. This this is is beyond, so let's, Elon Musk says we, we should live with the law, but who, who the hell created this? This, there's no law saying they should have that government should have a backroom portal to big tech companies to silence speech and launder censorship. So if Elon Musk wants to live by his words, I am against censorship that goes far beyond the law. This is way freaking beyond the law. Absolutely. They've created something to be able to violate our First Amendment. And right. he's and he needs to bring it down or he bought this Twitter for for. To, to be back in the same spot that Twitter was before, censor, censoring all Americans and investigating Americans and not allowing them to speak freely under the First Amendment. So it's a complete violation of the Constitution. And he's not doing anything different than anyone else has done. Yeah. And again, 
Carlos, I want to bring it back. This is what he said on April 2022. By free speech, I mean simply that which matches law. I am against censorship that goes beyond the law. And to everyone with common sense who doesn't want to bow down to a false god, this is way beyond the law. There was no law saying that these rogues over here at Harvard and MIT and and the CISA could create this portal to take out a U.S. Senate candidate who was simply exposing government malfeasance. It's the highest protection. I agree with you, Dr. Shiva. Uh, You see, this is where this is what I want to clarify. I think CISA is it was something that might have been of interest to some at the time it was created, and it might have had a good uh, will when it was created, but it's being used for spying and censorship of American citizens and American politicians. That's where the problem comes in. Right. Uh, that is, and, and the important thing to recognize, Carlos, is in the Long Fuse report, they say it boldly. We want to create an infrastructure that we know According to the Constitution, this was done malevolently. We cannot silence and surveil and censor domestic U.S. citizens. So we needed to fill in the gap. That's what they say. And fill in the gap is this stuff right here. You see? The ISAC infrastructure. So government here could go through an NGO created by Pierre Omidyar and funded by him and DHS to take out people. So let me continue. So let's go back. So Elon Musk said this back on April I'm against censorship that goes far beyond the law. Well, on October 28th, he said the same thing. I'm against censorship that goes far beyond the law. The day he comes into Twitter, he fires this nut job, Vijay Agade, who is a chief counsel, who's a nut, who's a colonialist from India, who doesn't believe in the First Amendment. That was great. He goes, let that sink in. Good. But on that same day, why didn't he take down the censorship portal? What was Elon thinking? So the question I have for you, Carlos, is that when you buy a company, remember, he, he, the company purchase started around April, May. You get all your due diligence documents. Absolutely. Any way that Elon Musk would not have known that this portal existed? I mean, yeah. our lawsuit was the only lawsuit where Twitter was dragged into federal court. Elon Musk has some of the best attorneys in this country. When you do your due diligence on a company like Twitter, he would have known, first of all, the lawsuit that was filed, the TRO that you were involved with, TRO, that would be one of the due diligence documents that would pop up and he would read it. He would realize what the lawsuit was about. It was censorship and it's all spelled out in there. The portal's in there. Everything's spelled out in there. So he would definitely know. There's no way that his high-priced lawyers wouldn't have communicated this to him I believe he's just afraid of losing his immunity of, of Section 230 and is going to accept whatever there is. And we're going to be back at square one, just like Kenya West. He, he went ahead and deplatformed Kenya West, took him off because he said that he likes this and he likes that. I don't agree with the things that he says, but I think that you're allowed to say, oh, I like Fidel Castro. And you don't get deplatformed. But if you say, I like a, the Nazis, I like Nazis, I like some of their concepts, you get deplatformed. That is not fighting speech. That's not what the Constitution says, that you're supposed to uh, be limited. That is free speech. And you can have opinions on all sorts of stuff. So when the, the left talk about Fidel Castro was a great man, that's okay. But Kenya 
West goes ahead and says what he says, and he's off. What, what is he doing? We're back to square one. And, and you know what? I think there's a bigger power involved, which is it's not even him. He is in, in bed with these guys, and there's nothing he can do because if not, he bought a company that's worthless because if it's just – if he gets thrown off and it's not a platform anymore, he loses revenue. He loses what the value of this company is. Let me bring in Crystal Ellis. Crystal, uh, Crystal, you when you learned about all this, I know you went on. By the way, you went on. You you still have your Twitter account. You went on to Twitter Stream, right, Crystal? Can you unmute yourself? And you started sharing directly when under Elon's tweet, you started sharing all the censorship diagram, and you asked Elon, "Why are you? Why have you still not put back in Dr. Shiva?" Correct. And you kept doing these tweets. What happened, Crystal? Can you tell the audience what took place? Well, I started when he took over just to plant those seeds as early as possible. And what had happened is um, when it came to this recent, you know, whatever, it's actually like a hangout that they're doing um, in the space, the Twitter space, and somebody that Clayton had brought up your situation I had then started tweeting. Um, well, let's just, let's just stop right here. Let's just give some detail because you, you, okay. I just want to be clear here. So you've been tweeting at Elon, telling him, informing him. By the way, many hundreds of thousands of people have been educating yeah. Elon on this. So he can't say he didn't know. Three days ago on December 3rd, he says, I'm going to be very transparent. I'm going to get all of his grifter friends around him. And they decided to do this Twitter spaces thing. Only select people they chose on. Right. One of the guys they chose on to ask him a question is a guy called Clayton Morris, who had done a story on us exposing the fact that we were the ones who exposed his infrastructure. It wasn't the intercept. Mm -hmm. And Clayton got in to ask Elon Musk a question. And he asked him, Elon, Dr. Shiva's lawsuit exposed this infrastructure. Is it still alive at Twitter? Elon Musk did not answer the question. He didn't deny it. He just said, ooh, that would be big brother if it was. And then he went on to say, I got to dig into it. I'll get back to you. I'm going to dig into it. As though he didn't know this back, Carlos, to your point, when he did due diligence back in April, May. He still has to dig into it. How far is he going to dig until he gets to China? Okay. So go ahead, Crystal. So you were tweeting on Elon Musk's timeline. And then what happened? Um, I also was tweeting to the hosts. I found some of the host names. And so I would go to their page and I was not just tweeting them, but I was actually attaching for, you're allowed four photos. So I attached the letter that you wrote to him with your phone number to call. Um, and uh, I used some of the slides that you had with the, 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 the diagram with the censorship in infrastructure, along with a picture <clears throat> up here, Omidyar. And um, I think I took the tip of the iceberg, um, screenshot from one of your slides as well, um, talking about they're just letting out a, a partial truth there. And um, I thought everything was fine. And the next day I woke up and I go to go check Twitter and go to his account and everything's grayed out. I can no longer comment. I cannot like, share, or retweet any of his posts, his tweets anymore. So I'm able to view his profile, I cannot interact with it at all. Yeah. So thanks, Crystal. So the bottom line is this. 
Well, the reason we're doing this event today, and we want to thank Carlos and Crystal, it's late, and we want to do this is because we want to educate people to expand your thing beyond left and right. This is not something personal between me and Elon, but the bottom, you know, you have a very idiot person here saying, Dr. Shiva's prissy won't give him credit. That's not the issue, you fool. The reality is that we're trying to educate you that in our lawsuit, just to give you what occurred with our lawsuit, the judge, we had multiple claims. One was to get back on Twitter. The other six claims were I wanted to hold government accountable. The judge then appointed me a constitutional lawyer. He said, wow, he goes, this case is, you've done a brilliant job in doing all this. He goes, I want to give you a constitutional lawyer. Well, the lawyer was a setup. The lawyer three days before the next hearing said, oh, you know, you're going to become the biggest hero. You'll be the first one back on Twitter, but drop all the claims against the government. And I had to fire the lawyer three days before. He had seven weeks to do the briefs, had done nothing. I had to stay awake three day and night to do 3,000 pages of briefs. And then the judge gets upset at me because he thought I would be so happy just to be on Twitter. So to the naive people out there, it's not about me getting on Twitter. This is about the fact that my parents came from India here and Carlos's parents came from Cuba here for one word, freedom. And that freedom is being violated. And if I just wanted to be on Twitter, I could have done that and I could have settled the lawsuit and walked away. In fact, the judge sealed our lawsuit and forced me to just file one claim. And then I walked away because I didn't want to be a hero just getting back on Twitter. So it's not about me getting on Twitter. This is about exposing the depths of the evil that is taking place against the First Amendment. That's what this is about. So when you go back to this, what, Chris, what Crystal said, and we go back to this diagram, and the timeline here, what you find is the following, okay? So this is this infrastructure. So on October 20th, when he fired Vijay Gade and all the executives, why didn't he take down this portal? He knew about it. If he's a free speech absolutist, whatever he calls himself, okay, I don't care about Kanye, by the way. I don't give a damn about him. I think he's an idiot. But he has a right to say what he has to say if you're a free speech absolutist. And he should have taken down the entire portal. Again, remember what he says. I am against censorship that goes beyond the law. This is way beyond the law. You don't have to dig up your whatever, Elon, to dig into this. There's nothing to dig into. And by the way, as a programmer, I can tell you this. It takes about 30 seconds to write a piece of code to say no more portal. One phone call and you can do that. Remember, Elon Musk claims, you know, he stays awake nights, figures out how rocket works. He reads manuals overnight. The playbooks are up there, Elon. You've had it. The bottom line is you have not taken action. You're full of shit right now because you have not acted. You're talking the talk, doing Hunter Biden, holding these things, but you're not taking action. The first action should have been to remove that portal because that portal by your own standards is goes beyond the law. And if this doesn't go beyond the law, why are you keeping it up? So we have some questions for Elon. First, why did the portal not get shut down on day one with Vijay Gade's firing? Second question, and Carlos, you and I have spoken about this, right? Given Twitter's beholden to the government for their platform valuation, higher than a publisher like the New York Times via Section 230, is this why you have the portal going? For you and your investors in Silicon Valley, quid pro quo, who now want to be on the pseudo-free free speech bandwagon. Let, let me explain that. 
let me explain how valuations work. Those of you, Carlos, you've invested in companies. I run companies. What is valuation? Okay, let's say you are running a, a newspaper, okay? And someone else is running a software company. Let's say the newspaper makes $1 million revenue a year and the software company makes $1 million revenue a year. Got it? Same revenue. But Carlos and I want to invest in the newspaper company and the software company. What is the value of that newspaper company? Typically, a newspaper by analyst Wall Street standards is typically two times revenue. It's called a multiple. And these are set by the insiders in Wall Street and the analysts and the Silicon Valley guys. So the, the newspaper, that's what did I say, making a, a $100,000 a year, that's only worth $200,000 on a good day. The software company gets a very different valuation multiple, potentially 20. It's worth $2 million. Everyone following me? The software, both companies are making 100,000 in revenue a year. One company gets a valuation of 200,000. The other company gets a valuation of 2 million. It's called a valuation multiple. And this is created by analysts, by various formulae, various agreements. Now, how does this come to follow the money with Elon? Well, a publisher, like a New York Times, is valued typically at 2x of revenue. A platform like a Facebook, like a Twitter, like a Google, typically gets a minimum valuation of 10 times. And that's on a, even a worse day. So if you go look at the New York Times revenue right now, it's a publisher. They did $2 billion in revenue. They're worth about $4 billion on Wall Street. Twitter did about $5 billion in revenue. They should be worth, if they were a publisher, $10 billion. But they're worth like $50 billion. Okay, 10x. Why? Because they get to be branded as a platform receiving Section 230 immunity. What is a platform? A platform is a company that, like Twitter, has various people who create accounts and they post stuff. Section 230 immunity was created because you wanted, if Carlos posted something on Twitter and saying something negative against Crystal, like Crystal beats her dog, you don't want Crystal coming and suing Twitter, okay? So platform companies get Section 230 immunity, but more importantly, they also get something more interesting. As a platform company, they get a higher valuation. But in order to get that higher valuation, they have to do certain things. And is it, hey, government gets a portal, government gets private access. And so this entire bullshit, oh, I'm a free speech absolutist. Really? Why didn't you get rid of the portal? Because you have, go look at the people invested in Elon's friends, all the most entrenched Silicon Valley people and P. Diddy, okay? And these people want to make money off free speech because they know our lawsuit exposed the problems. So now they're out there on Fox News, the Democrats suck. We want to make money off free speech. We're gonna monetize free speech. Well, it's all bullshit unless you eliminate this portal. And the issue is, is he serious about eliminating that portal? So what I'm here to get you, both your comments on, Carlos and Crystal, without eliminating this portal, how do we have free speech? Carlos? We don't. Um, 
Let me just go back really quick, and I will answer the question. Kenya West, when I mentioned him, I agree with you, Dr. Shiva. He's an idiot and says a lot of stupid things. But again, if you're going to come in here and own Twitter, and you're going to be fair and say, okay, you want to say stupid things, you could say stupid things. That's still protected speech. You could say that you like the Nazis. You could say you like Fidel Castro. I don't agree with any of it. I think they're a bunch of idiots. But I just don't want people to be suppressed in their speech, as long as it's not trying to uh, child pornography or or trying to create some sort of a, a war or something, you know, I think it is totally normal that people are protected. And that's what the Constitution was for. Now, to answer your question, I think that he's doing this because he is controlled by the government. All of these tech companies are controlled and they're in bed by, with, the, with, the, with the government. And I don't think he's going to ever lose his platform status and his evaluation there you is, go. and his, his evaluation is probably at times 20 uh and in five years he's going to be worth that's going to be worth a hundred billion not 50 billion so he's going to kill it with this thing and again he's showing you how he's he's not alone controlling this thing the government when he had to take off Kanye west and he continues to do things and everybody will continue to be deplatformed when they say something that the government does not like or doesn't want you to hear, it will continue to happen. He is not our saving grace, and he will not lose his immunity of Section 230, period, end. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing, Carlos, is what I wanted to say is we have to really be smart now. We can't be seeing someone as our savior. And that's what we saw, right, Crystal, on that Twitter hangout, all the Elon, Elon, are you Elon? Let me, you know, put oil on your feet, okay? It was becoming total bunch of sycophants. And that's why I wanted to do this at this point, Carlos, to break people out of this trance. And when you look at the economics here, if we go back to this, okay, what we find, let me go back to this, um, is the other question we have to ask is, are you ever going to shut down the portal and get real and stop selling your soul? Because as of now, the day that you fired Vijay Gade, you got to understand who Vijay Gade is. Vijay Gade is a woman who's an overt person who hates the First Amendment. She doesn't like the First Amendment. Elon Musk says he loves the first or free speech. In words, they've been saying this. Well, Vijay Gade, in my view, Carlos and Crystal, was crude in how she executed people like me. Now the Silicon Valley guys are coming in and saying, shit, shit, we did this the wrong way. Let Elon do it the right way. Smooth it over. We'll make people feel good. We'll release some Hunter Biden stuff. By the way, most of the stuff we already knew was a snooze bore, right? And we'll make people think we have a stalwart for free speech. But nothing's going to change because he's beholden to government. And that's the point here. And the point when you go look at this closely is the second question we're going to ask is Elon Musk waiting for Lindsey Graham and Elizabeth Warren to retroactively legalize this illegal censorship when Twitter went beyond the law? What do I mean by that? What we're saying is that infrastructure is illegal, right? It's, it's a violation of the First Amendment. Now, those of you who don't know about this, in 2000, in early 2000, the telecommunications companies were wiretapping U.S. citizens, violating the First and Fourth Amendments. Go look it up during the Bush administration. They were violating, again, government was using telecom companies to wiretap U.S. citizens. It was illegal. 
But then what happened was in 2011, Democrats and Republicans passed a law that retroactively protected, retroactively protected telco companies. Elon Musk knows that infrastructure that our lawsuit discovered is illegal. This is why he keeps using the words very cleverly, right? We won't do anything that's beyond the law. Dot, 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 please give me the law. <laughs> and guess what's happening? Elizabeth Warren, and this just came out today, and Lindsey Graham, this, this, I just got this in the mail, okay? It came out in Master List. The odd couple, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren said to, Sunday, said it's always interesting to work with any of her Senate colleagues, but the turmoil of Twitter following Elon Musk takeover has brought together the unlikely pairing of Warren in South Carolina, Republican Lindsey Graham. And what they're talking about is they want to start putting together a formal infrastructure to legalize that illegal shit. We found out exactly what occurred with the telco companies. So Elon Musk is just waiting for them to pass the law. So you can say, I'm just following the law. Thank you very much. Give me my $100 billion valuation. Ooh, boo-hoo, I paid a lot for Twitter. And all the people think, ooh, poor Elon. No, he knows what he's doing. He, he knows a platform company will get 10, 20x multiple on valuation. And that's what this is about. So here is our demand to put Elon Musk. I said I was, we're going to give a challenge, right? Here's a challenge, Elon. You said, I simply mean that which matches the law. I'm against censorship that goes far beyond the law. That infrastructure. So here's the demand to Elon Musk. Shut down the government censorship portal by 5 p.m., Pacific Standard Time on this Friday, December 9th. Do it, Elon. You're free speech absolutist. If you want to put me on, Elon, great. I'm a U.S. Senate candidate. By the way, everyone knows I filed my FEC papers against Elizabeth Warren two days ago. I'm still off Twitter. Elizabeth Warren, who he says he doesn't like, is on Twitter. I, or, I, Elon, or Elon Musk is a fraud. He's a pseudo free speech and he sold his soul. And we'll wait. Those of you say, oh, give Elon more time. I'm sorry, he doesn't need more time. It's a 10 second change to drop this portal. So I think, again, the demand I think, is shut down the government portal by 5 p.m. on Friday or you're a fraud. Go ahead, Carlos. I think you need to add something to this. Yeah. He must oppose, you should add it on your list. He must oppose any legislature to legalize what they're doing. Right. So let's add that right here. Let's do it right yeah, now. Let's add okay. that. I think you and, need to add that because okay. even if you shut it down, they could start it up again. And if and, they and law, we're do screwed. not do not support any legislation, right? That legalizes this illegal activity. That's right. In fact, he's got all the money in the world to get the best lobbyists and get senators on board to stop this. Yeah, but he's got Lindsey Graham. A Republican behind this. And, and if you notice, all these guys are supporting him right now. So they're making it a left versus right thing, Carlos, and then getting everyone all, you know, hot and bothered that Elon Musk is fighting for them. So anyway, we added that. Carlos, there you go. Thank you. We had a I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you added that. But how about the senators that did not go along with when it was created, uh, when Trump created CISA? Interestingly enough, the people who didn't go along with it, guess what's interesting? What? Elizabeth Warren didn't go along with it. Neither did Ted Cruz. And now they're well. We we got a we got a 
see if some of the Republican guys, if we speak to them and see, hey, you got to stop this. This is we know what they're trying to do. Right. Ted so Cruz and uh, and Marco Rubio. Right. Well, there were a bunch of senators who abstained. They didn't vote. They didn't say nay. They didn't vote. OK, but let's get back to the core. So to everyone out there. It's black and white. That's why we have the slides in black and white. There's no red versus blue. There's no blue versus red. It's black versus black and white. Elon Musk, if he's truly for free speech, should shut down the government censorship portal, which we discovered, not the intercept, by 5 p.m. PST on Friday, December 9th. That this Friday. And he should not support legislation that legalizes this illegal end run around the First Amendment. Or the only logical black and white conclusion is Elon Musk is a fraud. And he's for pseudo free speech and he sold his soul. It's that clear, everyone. That's the challenge to Elon Musk. And I make this challenge on behalf of not only the hard work we went through, but on behalf of all the American people and all those people who died and fought for the First Amendment. This, the United States is the only country which has the First Amendment. No other country has it. England doesn't have it. India doesn't have it. China doesn't have it. The Commonwealth countries do not have the First Amendment. I don't think South Africa has it, where he comes, where his parents come from, okay? So many of us came here because of the First Amendment. So if Elon Musk is serious, he should have removed that censure. Carlos, he should have had that in his purchase documents. This should be removed on day one. That's right. Right? He, he actually could have won if he didn't want to buy Twitter. Exactly. That was, that was one way he could have actually gotten out and said, wait a second, you, you, I don't own this. I don't control this. The government does. I'm right. out. And that totally would have uh, allowed him to get out of the contract that he was in, 100%. Right. So, everyone, you have – I want to thank Crystal. Crystal, and those of you, Crystal – is not a lawyer, but she's an American citizen who cares about the First Amendment. She's been trying to educate Elon, and he's blocked her on his own stream. And I think we just need to look at this. Everything we've shared with you, even though it's been done with some passion, but it's all factual. You can all go look it up at winbackfreedom.com. And Carlos and Crystal, I think you guys know, we've asked, we've continued our lawsuit. We just filed a paperwork to sue CISA, and the U.S. government and DHS, which created this infrastructure. So we just filed the beginning of the complaint to do that. So everyone, please, for God's sake, we live at a point in history, you cannot be bowing down to false gods. Elon Musk doesn't deserve your, be, to be seduced by him. Because at the end of the day, that portal is still alive and running. And he doesn't need to dig into stuff. And everyone here, you can give my phone number to Elon, 617-631-6874. We have this campaign going, hashtag Elon, call Dr. Shiva, and we'll share with him all this. I don't know how much more digging he needs to do. To Carlos's point, he's got more than enough lawyers and paralegals who could look this up like that. There's no digging needed. The only needs he needs to dig is to buy time so Lindsey Graham and Elizabeth Warren, is that what he's waiting for? Pass the law. So he could say, see, I'm within the law. And then he gets his valuation and it's pseudo free speech. So please wake up, everyone. Don't bow down to false gods.
and spread the word. Stop the portal. Exactly. And there you go. He's got to shut down the portal. So everyone, Friday, December 9th, if he doesn't do this, we're going to do one on Saturday morning. Elon Musk is a fraud. And when I do that, don't say, oh, Dr. Shiva, you don't like Elon Musk. No, he is a fraud. It's absolutely justified. Yeah, and, and you're not saying that he could correct the problem by Friday. You're just saying he needs to come out and say, I'm going to fight all I can right now to shut this program down of controlling Twitter and controlling tech companies, and I'm going to oppose any legislature against it. That's what it needs to do because he it might it might be out of his hands to get it done by Friday. No, 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 but, but Carlos, he can turn off that portal right now. Well, are you sure he could turn it off? Yeah, it's called, it's called an if-then-else statement in software. If this, don't do this anymore. Okay. The issue is, does he have a backroom deal with government? Okay? And is that why we have this dancing going on? And that backroom deal, look, that would have been written in those documents that he, when he purchased Twitter. He would have seen them. They probably said, look, Elon, here's the deal. You're going to purchase Twitter, but you got to keep this portal going. Right. And if he knew that, then he's full of shit. I mean, honestly, though, aren't all his businesses government funded and related in some way, shape or form? Is any of this a surprise to us? Yeah. By the way, his it's interesting you bring that up. If you look Seriously. at Tesla, Tesla in 2021 made 750 million in profit, 1.5 billion of the revenue he got, which drove that 750 million was from carbon credits that he got from which comes from climate change nonsense, okay? So all the conservatives who are supporting Elon Musk need to understand that he is riding the wave of the climate change bullshit. And again, this is a contradiction that we're trying to, it's not left versus right. It's not right versus left. It is about working people in this country against the establishment. And you're not part of the establishment. They're a swarm, okay? They're not like localized in some place in Mars sitting there with reptiles. They're actually everywhere. They're a swarm that protect each other. But we have to get black and white about this because we can't give people too much leeway anymore because they confuse everyone. It's totally deception. So we got to keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. And there it is. Elon, get real. Don't bullshit me. And I can give you, if you need programming help to shut down the portal, please call me. I'll look at the code and tell you how to shut it down. It's very easy. Okay. And then. That, that, that was my point. That was my point. How Carlos, easy it's, it's very simple. Okay. What he has to admit is, you know what, guys, I'm a fraud. I'm a bullshitter. When I bought the company, I know I had to keep the portal going, but I'm running this bullshit because I want to make free speech the new in thing to be. And I'm going to make money off free speech for my Silicon Valley buddies. Because all you guys saw Dr. Shiva's stuff. You know the stuff is coming out. You know we don't have free speech. But I'm going to do the theatrical deception. I attack Vijay Agade, right? And, you know, someone said, he grew up in Africa, speaks volumes when you understand communism, totalitarianism is in their blood. Yeah. Someone said, Elon Musk's father ran emerald mines and diamond mines subjugating black Africans. True. Okay, so let's keep it simple, everyone. Again, this is not um, about, you know, me versus Elon. This is about truth versus lies. This is about the First Amendment versus, you know, the lack of the First Amendment. And that's what this is about.
All right. Karma. This, is about, this is about every American listening to you and being scared that they're not allowed to say under the First Amendment that they're protected to say what they want to say and why they're in this country and why this country is so special and better than any other country in the world. And that's being taken away from us. This should scare every single person watching and every American should stand up for this. We should be going crazy that this exists. And when you found this, Dr. Shiva, you know, people are still thinking Elon because they don't know what you found. And I wish more people knew what you found and what you've done. Because if they knew what really the, this portal, how it controls Americans, how we get investigated, how we get deplatformed, this is crazy. And everybody needs to stand up and fight for their own freedoms, for the Constitution, and for a right of free speech. One of the things I want to share with you, Carlos, I just saw this. Someone just sent this to me um, earlier today. You know, one of the independent news organizations, the uh, Gateway Pundit, actually did some good work. They said long before Elon Musk disclosure, Dr. Shiva uncovered Twitter's partner support portal used by Democrat government officials and Twitter associates to censor conservatives. OK, so, you know, we the only people we can trust are independent journalists. And you have to understand, Tucker Carlson knew about all of this way before. And if you guys um, want to get off the hallowed ground of sucking up to Tucker, who's very good friends with uh, Hunter Biden, by the way, protected him and, you know, had his son, had his, uh, Hunter Biden write, res um, you know, recommendation letters for his son. But if you go down to this website, you will see that we've put up right here when on October 2020, right here, I sent to Carlos, and, and um, you may remember this, I wrote to Tucker right here. I said, look, we've attained a landmark victory on free speech on October 30th. And we told Tucker, look, federal judge orders Twitter to testify. He never covered any of this. Nothing. So we were in the trenches fighting, and we wanted air cover, and none of these so-called Republican conservatives gave us any cover. So the only conclusion, everyone, is you have to understand that we have to build a movement on our own. No one else is going to do it for us. It's going to come bottoms up from us sharing the truth and not relying on any of these, you know, people. And so I encourage everyone to go to truthfreedomhealth.com. You'll understand that we're educating people to build a bottoms up movement, to teach people the science of systems. And by the way, every Thursday is at 11 a.m., and at 8 p.m., all of you can come directly, and we have a conversation. We do it globally. Go to vashiva.com slash orientation and join us. I think that's it, guys. Thank you very much, Carlos. Um, thank you, Stay Dr. on, stay on you, Carlos and Crystal before I sign off. By the way, thank you to everyone out there. Go to winbackfreedom.com. Note that even though the legal system in Massachusetts attempted to squash our lawsuit, we're escalating our lawsuit to a, a lawsuit suing the U.S. government and CISA and DHS. And secondly, we're educating all of you to recognize don't bow down to false gods. Come to Truth, Freedom and Health. Learn how we're building a bottoms up movement and a movement that really puts faith in independent journalism, not these billionaires and celebrities. They're all one. Thank you, everyone. Be the light. And um, look forward to seeing you at the orientation. There it is. There's a ticker for it vashiva.com slash orientation. Uh, please join us. Uh, be well. Uh, be the light. Thank you.
there's no calories and it doesn't help. Okay, 